This is the Sticks and Stacks podcast with Sean Drotar and Jen Piacenti. Welcome to Sticks and Stacks on the Sawdust Podcast Network. My name is Sean Drotar, your host. That's S-D-R-O-T-A-R on Twitter. And it is baseball season. Thank goodness spring is upon us, which means that we get to talk to our baseball expert, Jennifer Piacenti. You can follow her on Twitter at Jen Piacenti. That's P-I-A-C-E-N-T-I. How's it going, Jen? It's going great, Sean. I am thrilled with our start to this season. We were four for four last weekend. I don't know if we can keep it up, but I'm feeling good. <laughs> yeah. I mean, don't everyone hold us to 100% right. success Please rate. Let, let's be realistic <laughs> about this. They don't build those big fancy casinos in Vegas by giving money away. But we will do what we can to try to find some opportunities on a Friday leading into a bunch of weekend series. The early part of the season, Jen, with the short spring training, it mm-hmm. seems to have made things a little bit more difficult to predict when it comes uh-huh. to early performances by pitchers uh what have you seen and how do you how have you looked at finding a way to sort of mitigate that yeah it, it's just quite simply difficult and we're just kind of guessing because they got about half the ramp up time so we've seen really big studs blow up you know uh it peralta uh, I mean, everybody, basically. Garrett Cole looks terrible. So we're just going to have to, you know, we look at the underlying things. You know, how hard are they being hit? How fast is their fastball? Have they lost velocity? A lot of times velocity is something they can get back. But, you know, are they having trouble with command? Are they having trouble with control? So just doing the best we can. And there is a little bit of guesswork. And I think it's going to be that way for a couple more weeks. We've seen Brandon Woodruff get back on track. So that's been good news. And I think we'll see more of that as time goes on. Yeah, I, I think that's a really good point because when you're talking about the way spring training usually works, these guys uh, control generally is control, but it's control at velocity, and they continue to get that speed up as they stretch their arms out a little bit for the starters, and then that velocity I think will for some of them come back. But if they're not hitting their spots even in the early going, that's when you get concerned. So do pay attention to that part of the early data, but necessarily when it comes to a strikeout rate, maybe they'll be a little bit down at the beginning Mm -hmm. because the velocity is not there for some of these guys. Well, uh, that is not uh, a huge problem for the two pitchers in our first game we're going to look at. That is the Colorado Rockies, one of baseball's big surprises at eight and four, taking on the Detroit Tigers. Antonio Senzatella for the Rockies on the mound, Derek Skubal on the mound for the Tigers. How do you see this playing out? So I find this a really, really interesting one. Las Vegas has the Rockies as the underdogs plus 130 and the Tigers heavily favored minus 154. And to be honest, I keep looking at this. I don't quite get it. I feel like people aren't buying into the Rockies. I sort of get that, but I think uh, it could be a mistake. I don't know if they're remembering that the Rockies were really poor on the road last year, but they're 2-0 and away this year. I mean, I know it's a small sample size. C.J. Crone right now leads the league in home runs, and he pummels southpaws. Now, Tarek Skubal was excellent for us last week. We bet on him with the Tigers and, and the under, and, and he did right by us. But I, I don't see that being enough of an advantage. I know Anthony Sinzatella, he, he's been a little bit lucky keeping his ERA that low. And and so the Tigers probably can hit him a little bit, but we're talking about a Tigers team that scores an average of three runs per game. I think the biggest news story about this game tonight is certainly Miguel Cabrera going for his 3000th hit. So maybe there's some energy in Comerica park there. They did beat the Yankees yesterday, but I look at this and I've got to take this plus money with the Rockies. We're talking about a Tigers team that's five and seven versus a Rockies team. That's eight and four. I know it's early, but I'm sorry. 
minus 154 for the Tigers. I, I can't do that. Yeah, th- that one ends up being difficult, too. I like that a lot. Uh, the Rockies are not, look, they're 8-4. and four. They're not a team that's going to finish uh, very high in, in right. the NL West. They're, they're playing well at home. They've had a favorable home schedule. But they do have a lot of power. Last year, they didn't have a lot of power. This year, they added the power. They brought in mm-hmm. Chris Bryant, of course. They brought in Randall Gritchick. They retained C.J. Crone, who you talked about. Crone not only has six home runs, but he's doing it while batting 333. That's right. Chris Bryant is batting 349. There are guys that can hit on this team. Can they bring it on the road? I don't necessarily know, but we will see. There are a couple of things I'm looking at in this game. I'm looking at the under seven and a half, mm-hmm. and I'm taking that. That's at a minus 105 over at DraftKings because, uh, as you pointed out, the Tigers don't score very many runs, and the Rockies on the road are a different team. They certainly don't have the kind of offense on the road usually that they have, although there is a little bit of a question mark because they've only played two road games, but I don't expect them to explode. The other ones I'm looking at in this one are the strikeout props. When you look at the strikeout props for both of these guys, for Scooble, it's over five and a half is the plus 115. I like that. I think that he is going to strike out his fair share of Rockies. The Rockies strike out on the road a lot because they're used to Coors Field. When they get on the road, the ball breaks more. It's a great opportunity to strike out a lot of guys. For Antonio Senzatella, the over is only three and a half. Over three and a half for even a competent major league pitcher nowadays <laughs> against a lineup is pretty reachable. Senzatella probably a little low because in his first start, he only struck out two, but he will probably have an opportunity to do more here. So I like both yeah. of those pitchers in plus money to beat their strikeout overs uh, over five and a half for Scooble and three and a half for Senzatella. I agree. And remember, this is a Detroit team that's batting out at uh, that's striking out at a 24.4 percent strikeout rate and batting only 210. And they're still without Javi Baez. So, yeah, I like the strikeout prop for Sensatella as well. That's pretty low. Yeah, it seems pretty low to me, too. And uh, fingers crossed. See if Miggy can get it today. Uh, Looking forward to seeing uh, the numbers. He does. Yeah. Obviously, you go look at his career and it is just a just stunning the amount of things he has managed to accomplish so it's always fun to see guys get that big milestone and uh, 3,000 hits is one that's awfully awfully rare and becoming more and more rare all the time so hopefully he gets that as well we'll move over to Houston and uh, obviously these are teams you and I are are familiar with I'm in Colorado so with the Rockies I'm somewhat familiar the Houston Astros uh, the team you're most familiar with what we're all familiar with Justin Verlander who uh, let's just say he looked like he was back First 13, he (laughs) looks good to go. However, boy, is he taking on a dangerous offense in the Toronto Blue Jays tonight. He is, but uh, he shut them out last time he faced them in 2019. So I know it's not exactly the same lineup, but we're talking about a guy who's won a couple Cy Youngs. It's been tough to back the Astros at all this year. They have been absolutely ice cold, and now they're also without... Jose Altuve. I mean, they're scoring an average of only 3.42 runs per game this season, and they're batting only 178 across the last week. And this was the team that led the league in batting average last year, led it in runs scored, all of the above. And they are just abysmal right now. However, only April it's cold and what's important about this game is that Justin Verlander has been incredible to start the season 0.69 ERA and a 32% strikeout rate so far this season. He's just coming off an eight inning shutout versus the Mariners. So I think he can limit the damage from Toronto who's, who's been good, but they haven't been as great as they can be yet. 
and they're likely without George Springer. They've just lost Teoscar Hernandez and Jan- Danny Jansen. So what I'm betting in this game is neither team to win, but simply betting the under on the game total of eight, because I don't think the Jays will be able to score a lot of runs on uh, Justin Verlander or the bullpen. And I unfortunately don't have a lot of faith in Houston to score a lot of runs right now because they're also ice cold. So, you know, that run totals vary from eight and a half. At one place, it's eight. I found it uh, under eight for plus 100 at SI Sportsbook. So that is how I'm betting this game. Players to watch here, always Vlad Guerrero Jr., already in the AL MVP conversation, batting 304 with five homers and 11 RBI. Jordan Alvarez has a 63.6% hard hit rate, and he's batting 313 versus righties this year. And he hit two two-run home runs in Verlander's last start, which was just last week. Uh, and Aledmus Diaz, he's batting 429 and slugging 1143 versus Stripling in just eight plate appearances. But he's likely taking the field tonight in the absence of Jose Altuve. So, uh, you know, perhaps a DFS value there. I, I look at the Alvarez and I think you're right. You know, Alvarez is only hitting 200, but as you pointed out, the, the hard hit rate is good. The barrel rate is good. So when you start seeing that, sometimes uh, that old sort of batting average of balls in play, that can be a matter of luck. So it does feel like Alvarez is better than what he's hitting right now. And he's been better than what he's hitting right now. It's just that the numbers don't necessarily reflect it. I like that for Alvarez a lot. Uh, obviously, I don't know what you can say about Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Home runs, batting average, RBI. Mm-hmm. He leads the team in all of them, and he's a danger. But the bet I'm going to take, I'm going to go back to the strikeout props, and I'm going to fade Justin Verlander. And here's why. They have uh, over at the DraftKings, they have an under 6.5. The over-under is 6.5. I'm going to go with the under. Now, Verlander has struck out 15 batters in 13 innings. I have no question about his ability to strike batters out. I do wonder if they need him to go seven. And I guess a good offense may not strike out as many, may only need to go uh, six innings. I think given Verlander's age, they they don't want to stretch him out too far. Six, seven innings is about the max. And even at his little over strikeout per inning rate, I don't think he's likely to get to it. So for plus 120, I, I don't feel like it's a, a the Sensatella one at three and a half, but I feel that it's it's probably reachable. And if I were to suggest of which one Verlander will get or not, I think it'll be that. But I think it will be close. I think you'll probably get six. So if you went on either way, you'd probably be making a lot of sense. But minus one sixty five on the over and plus one twenty on the under. I'm going to take the under. I mean, I can see where you're coming from in that. That's not a terrible bet in any way. Um, I do think though that. You know, the fact that he went eight strong innings last outing and the fact that the Astros have used a lot of their bullpen and they're now without Ryan Presley, I do think they'll let him go as long as he wants to go in this game. So we'll see. Well, it could be. I mean, if, you know, the guy's throwing with a .69 ERA, I suppose, <laughs> I suppose you trust him to handle his business. So uh, we'll find out on that. But uh, obviously that will be an interesting game, too, because the Astros expected to be a contender. But you're right, off to a wobbly start at 6-6. Six and six. And I agree with you. Toronto's off to a nice start at 8-5, and five, but it feels like they should be better. Mm-hmm. So this is actually just going to be a fascinating game, not only from a betting and DFS standpoint, but from a baseball fan standpoint Mm -hmm. as well. Well, we'll go over to the AL Central for another really interesting matchup. Another team not off to the start. You expected the Minnesota Twins. They'll be hosting the Chicago White Sox. Another team not quite off to the expectations. These were both sort of dark horse contender teams expected at the beginning of the season, and they may still be. But the White Sox come in at six and six. The Twins at five and eight. Uh, Kopech and Ober on the mound. 
And I'm not really sure how this one's going to go. Jan, what are you thinking? Neither is Vegas. You know, they have this exactly, you know, the minus 110 for either side to win. Um, But I'm looking at this and it's interesting because depending on which book you look at, the Twins are heavily favored or the White Sox are heavily favored on the run line. Very interesting. Uh, I'm looking at a book here that has the White Sox minus one and a half at plus 155. And that's the one I'm going with, though there is also one that has the White Sox at plus one and a half. So if you can find that, I mean, uh, you, you have to take that bet. Yes, but here's I what's, agree. Have to. Yeah, you have to. Here's the thing. I know the White Sox, they're much like the Astros. They've been really disappointing and making strange decisions, and it's frustrating. But they're sending Michael Kopech to the mound, and he's been really good, uh, only allowing one earned run. And he, he doesn't walk guys, right? So he doesn't load it up a lot. The only question about Kopech is how deep he's going to go into this game. But the Chicago bullpen has actually been decent. They've got a 3.15 ERA, and they've converted 71.5% of their save opportunities. On the other side of this, though, the Twins are giving Bailey over the start. Now, if you look at Bailey Ober's ERA, it looks like, oh, well, this, you know, he's a good pitcher. Uh-uh. This kid allows so many hard hit balls. He has gotten so incredibly lucky. And if you go look at his expected ERA over at StatCast, it's over eight. So I look at that and I say, this sounds like a good time for the White Sox to get out of their slump. Neither team's living up to their power potential, uh, but I have to take plus money for the White Sox to win this by a margin of at least two runs. I mean, I'm looking at Jose Abreu right now. He has a 69% hard hit rate and an exit velocity in the 99th percentile. He's totally due to have a big game. Andrew Vaughn. Now, hopefully they're smart enough to start him. I don't know why they keep holding him out of the lineup, but he's blistering the ball. 60% hard hit rate and an expected batting average of 358. Of course, on the other side of this, Byron Buxton should be back, and he's one of the best players in baseball when he's healthy. So, uh, you know, overall, neither of these teams putting up a lot of runs. Again, about three and a half per game each. Uh, that comes to a run total of seven if you're just adding that straight up. But I have a feeling that the White Sox are going to break out tonight. I would take the over if I were taking one side. But more importantly, I'm going to take the White Sox plus money. If you can find them, you know, at plus 1.5, you got to take that, um, but you won't get a great payoff for that. Uh, I'm taking them at minus one and a half for plus 155. I, I like that, too. I actually think the White Sox, are, they're a better team. I agree with you completely on everything you said with Ober. You're talking about a, a league average guy, I think, at best. And the White Sox lineup is just too good to, mm-hmm. to basically stay flat like it has been. So mm-hmm. uh, I, I'm going to basically uh, mooch off yours a little bit because if we actually go over to DraftKings and look at a parlay of the White Sox on that minus one and a half and then an over seven and a half, you can get a plus 290 on that. If you're not that comfortable with the run differential, you can actually just take it on the money line. And that's a plus 235. Uh, I like that an awful lot. I also like the idea of the uh, White Sox here with the run total for the White Sox alone at four and a half. I like that to hit the over tonight. I'm with you. I think they're going to break out. Okay, let's do it. So we are all all in on the White Sox today. Um, I mean, shop this line, basically. This is a good exercise in shopping because it is so different from book to book. So go out and, you know, we're with the White Sox. If you're with the Twins, you can shop that line, too, because depending on which book you go to, you're going to get pretty good payout. 
so you just got to shop around. So you got DraftKings, you got BetMGM, you got SI Sportsbook. There are plenty and plenty of places to look. So this is a good opportunity to discuss, you know, if you want to buy a loaf of bread and it's $3 at one store, but the same loaf of bread is $2 at another store, don't spend $3. Exactly. No, in no difference. You're exactly right. You know, shopping for lines is a really good idea. Uh, obviously, at times when you're doing in-game, maybe you have a particular favorite place. But when it comes to uh, your betting on any particular line, yeah, you should shop around. Uh, there's a reason that all these uh, sports betting apps and everything else, they're competing with each other. They're going to have different stuff. So find the one that's best for you and take advantage of it. So that's a very good advice all the time, Jen. You're exactly right. The weekend is upon us. Have a safe and happy one. We will be back next week with more. You absolutely want to follow Jen on Twitter for everything she's putting together in the baseball space. That's Jen Piacenti, P-I-A-C-E-N-T-I on Twitter. My name is Sean Drota. That's S-D-R-O-T-A-R on Twitter. And Jen, we'll do this again next week. Thanks so much. Thank you. All right. For Jen, I'm Sean, and this is Sticks and Stacks on the Sawdust Podcast Network. 